In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Finally, please pray for yourself that the Lord will give you a word this evening. You have not come here in vain. God has brought you for a purpose. So please open your mouth and say, Lord, that word that you have kept for me today, my heart is open to receive it. My heart is open to receive it. Grant me understanding this evening. Shine your light into my heart. Open my eyes to see. And let me take root deeper, deeper in the knowledge of Christ. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for great things you will do this evening. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's take our declaration of understanding. And then we'll take our seats and um, continue teaching. For those who don't know about heart, just open to that magazine. Well, the cover of that magazine at the bottom of it, it is printed there clearly. And if you are joining us online, you can go to our website, pastor.ng, and you just uh, look under sermons and under tracts. On our Twitter handle, it is there. It's on Facebook. All right. Anyway, it's on all those platforms. So you can just um, go there and uh, memorize uh, the declaration like we have done. But meanwhile, let's get to this one. All right, rolling. Are we ready? All right, one, two, let's go. Remember is what? Declaration. A declaration is different from a confession. A declaration is a forceful, you know, utterance. You are pushing something out. You are declaring it loud into the air. And there's something I want to, sh- I want to request of us to do, to start doing. Um, in my household, we have started it. We just, um, every morning, everybody in the house, when we gather, we declare the Lordship of Jesus over the land. It's taken from Psalm 95, Psalm 96, and then a portion of Psalm 97. I'm going to add to it. Right now, we use Psalm 95 and Psalm 96, early in the morning. And if you are driving past, you will, be, you will hear us, because we make it a point to shout it loud. It's not a murmuring. It's not a, now I declare. No, it is really loud. The Lord is the maker of the heavens and the earth. You know, we declare, if you are passing by, our house in the morning, you will hear it because the window is likely to be open. And let me just give you an idea of how, what it sounds like. I, I read it for us here last day. I think it was on Saturday or was it last Tuesday? Saturday, right? Yes. It's something I want to encourage Christians everywhere to start getting involved in. To you know, just get up, declare, not for yourself. It's as if you are speaking to the um, air around you. You are speaking to the spirits around you. You are speaking into the earth. You are speaking to the clouds, you are speaking to the trees, you are speaking to the mountains, you are speaking to the waters. You know, you are telling them something, you have to, all right? It's important. Christians, we don't do enough of that. We spend, uh, those of us who are supposed to be the salt of the earth, we spend more time grumbling about life. And sometimes when you hear Christians grumble, honestly, like they say, just want to throw up. Because I'm not, I'm not used to, I, I, God has blessed me, I'm surrounded with people who know how to use their tongues. So occasionally when I get into the presence of believers who are still talking like the world. You know, I want to fall down. Like they say, give me space, let me faint. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, sometimes I get into that. And the reason is because they don't have anything else to do with their mouths. All right? They are Christians, they are me and them. We have had strong disagreements. And we hardly speak to each other this is. And I don't really feel bad about it. I've thought about it. I said, no. If you're going to be talking like unbelievers, I will not talk to you. I won't. Don't be my friend again. That's what the Bible says I should do to you, actually. That if you are a non-believer, I will ignore you. But if you are a believer, I will not, I won't come to your house. If when I come to your house, all you have to tell me is what the Guruguru has not done, what Buhari has not done, and what they have done in Kenya, that they have done in Ghana, and they have done in Burundi, and they have done in uh, which other, Rwanda, which Nigeria has not yet done, I will not come again. 
I will not come again. I went to visit one of my friends one day, my wife and I, one Christmas. By the time we finished, I told him, Bros, be a fan prophet, you're not a pastor. I told him straight to I said, Oga, I will tell you this. The Lord sent me here today to come and correct you. This is not ministry you are doing. All right? This is the kind of thing we do. We just take it from Psalm 95. Normally, start from verse 3. And this is how it sounds. The Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. I'm not telling myself now, even though I'm hearing it. I'm speaking it into Nigeria, into the trees, into the mountains, into the hills, everything around. The Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In whose hands are the depths of the earth. The peaks of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for it was he who made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Then I go to Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are his. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. But he will judge the peoples with equity. I love this part. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar. And all it contains, let the field exult, and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy. Before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness, and the peoples in his faithfulness. The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. Let many islands be glad. Cloud and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries round about. His lightnings lit up the world. The earth saw and trembled. The mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the peoples have seen his glory. Thus we have declared the lordship of Jesus over this land. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you agree with every sentence, they give me an Amen. amen. And it will be established in our land in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, as we go into our study this evening, let's declare the word of understanding quickly. One, two, let's go. Now I declare. declare The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats and get ready for the word of healing again.
Now, we've been talking about this um, overcoming doubts. I don't even know the exact title we gave the series. Fighting unbelief. Huh? For, for, is it double-mindedness? All right, all of them, different uh, six of one and half a dozen of the other. <laughs> all right, the same thing we have been saying. Maybe we should just, again, kick off by reading what James said. I just want to remind us, when God makes promises, they have to be activated. When God makes plans, we have to activate them in our lives. And the activation is done by what? Faith. And it is killed by unbelief. Doubt inactivates the work of God in your life. Peter was walking on water, having obeyed the word of God by the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come. And the Lord said to him, go ahead, come. And then he was walking on water successfully. Even though he was in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, even though what took him to that point was the word of God, yet he began to sink. And Jesus said, of course, when he saw himself sinking, and of course when he was sinking, that's the first step towards drowning. I hope you know that. <laughs> so the man said, I die, I die. <laughs> and I shout. So he screamed, Lord, help me. And the Lord went, took him by the hand, rescued him. Afterwards said, why did you doubt? What was he saying? The reason why you are going down is not because the water is not walkable. Did you hear what I said? The reason why Peter was going down was not because water was not walkable. It was because of what? Doubt. A natural person should have explained to Peter, Bros. Peter, you have to be wise. It's not every time you see Jesus Christ just copying him. He's the one that knows what he ate before he came out. He had eaten a floating, floating molecule. You have to be wise. Water doesn't support human beings. Are you fish? Even fish can only jump on the water for a while and go back under. Who do you see walking on water? Why do you think God gave us the wisdom to, to make boats? He said, how do we explain things away? When they asked Jesus Christ, he didn't say, that time anybody was traveling abroad, you should have gone. Look at your poverty these days. It's because you were not wise when you were young. He never said that. What did he say? Doubt. Fearing, he began to sink. He took his eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ, put his eyes on the surrounding circumstances, and they began to pull him down. The more I meditate, the more I realize that this life, oh my God, is not really what we... The Bible says, by faith we understand do you understand? It's faith that gives us understanding. The issues of life, I realize that it can be really, it's not the way we see it physically. By faith, we understand. Faith helps us to see the invisible. The invisible connections of life, faith helps us to see. Are you getting my point? The way people judge things on the earth. You see, when people tell stories, this is, I'm very reluctant to read natural people's biographies. Okay? Now, what I mean is this. Um, I, I may still read, but I draw my own conclusions. When the man wants to tell you how he succeeded, I know he doesn't know. The Bible says he himself does not know how. If Ali Kodangote comes to me today and tells me how he became the richest black man, I won't believe a word of it. The truth is that the real thing that's going on, he doesn't know. He himself does not know how. Sometimes the things that really plant the seeds, the real seeds that matter, people planted them without knowing. And that's how spiritual things are. When you are doing the things that count most in your life, you may not even realize you are doing anything. I hope you're getting my point. That's the truth. That's why I talk about the switch of God's power. You can look for the message on our website. I said it's a continual doing of good works. Let me modify it a bit. It's a continual doing of righteousness. When I say righteousness now, I don't mean church things. I mean things that are right. Just do them constantly. And constantly resist doing that which is wrong. 
Don't ever, because of temptation, do that which is wrong. The reason is that the time you are really making, you are sowing the real seeds for your life, you will not be aware you are sowing any seed. You just think you are living normally. Simple things like I told somebody I was saying by eight, and I may come up, I can't wake up by six again, Job. No, I promise him I'll come by eight. Little things like that. Just think about the person who has planned and is waiting for you. Just think about the fellow for a while. Little things, that's what I'm trying to say. Just having consent for people. You normally send money to your father and to your mother, and then they have not paid salaries. I say, she should, she should understand, and she should understand. Why should she understand? Does she work in your office? First of all, what should I do? Borrow money for goodness sake. She doesn't have to know they have not paid you. Sounds funny, right? Yeah, that's an instruction for somebody. Actually, your mother knows they haven't paid you. She they are going to pay. It's just be late. That's, you don't, that's what it means to lay down your life for somebody. People don't know the meaning of that. They are waiting to go to the cross. <laughs> Nobody's coming to crucify you. In fact, you have been crucified, you don't know. <laughs> it's the daily crucifixion I'm talking about. Nobody's coming to arrest you. Who do you think you are? They come and gather you. Hey, hey, hey. He spoke against Pharaoh. Is it, what is his name? <laughs> Who's the guy that they were speaking against that time? Pilate. No. Who's the head of Pilate? Caesar. Don't worry. Nobody's going to, no, you're, not too, you're not that important to be crucified. In that Jesus manner. But you can lay down your life regularly for somebody. So constantly do that which is right. You know, I, I know why I went to do that. Okay? So I'm going to explain something. So life is full of interesting connections that many people don't connect, but they are real. You can never understand life unless God reveals things to you. So like I said, if I read the biography of a man who doesn't have spiritual insight, I look for my own conclusions. I don't, I don't take the one he's saying. I don't take the one he's saying. Because the forces of life, they are not those mundane things like I worked very hard. Read your Bible. <laughs> hard work has never prospered anybody. It's a blessing. It's God opening a door. Then you cannot use hard work to walk through the door. But the blessing must be first. If you don't have the blessing, walk from now till tomorrow. You will gather, it is scatter. The little you bring home, it will come to pocket with holes. You will, know, you will now know why the word luck is so powerful in the secular world. Napoleon in his days of warfare, they said they used to ask him, and they, they said he used to say something. When he wants to go, maybe want to attack a city, a nation, or he has a particular battle to fight. He said, get me a general. And he'll say, make sure he's a lucky man. He always added that onto it. I don't want him to just be skilled in battle. Make sure he's a lucky man. Because all his skill will come to nothing if that spiritual force does not work in his favor. The weather can make you unlucky. You've planned all your warfare, everything. Those days, then it starts raining. You can't shoot a cannon. All your gunpowder. One stupid boy will forget to cover it. Everything is wet. Before you know what's happening, the armies have run over you. And they say, what happened? I remember one day I saw one particular, based on the true story, some um, allied boys were you know, instructed to go and assassinate a man because they were planning to kill Hitler anyway. But that if they kill Hitler, the man that will take over from him is probably worse than him or as bad. So they decided to assassinate that man too. They did everything infiltrated. I don't know whether it's France or Poland, wherever it is that they got to. Then they got that man straight like this, put the gun in his face, fired, the gun jammed. I couldn't believe it. Do you understand? These guys came from far. They ferried themselves by, uh, what they call, parachutes at night. 
into remote forests. Managed to get their contacts. They went through all the headache, infiltrated the city, settled down, and we laid the man on the road. Then they blocked his guy's road. Here he was standing with one of the soldiers, the assassins. The guy took the gun and fired. Can you believe it? He jumped. The gun jumped. After months of preparation, the moment of action, the gun jumped. But in that particular situation, the city succeeded anyway because, of course, when the gun jumped, they had to run. But one of them had the presence of mind to throw a grenade. So the man was wounded, and then he died later. But the fact that the gun jumped, nobody could count on that. These are experts. You know, they are experts. But the gun jumped. So that's why Napoleon will say, get me a lucky man. But for those those of us who are believers, we don't call it luck. What do we call it? Blessing. So we make sure that we focus on our blessing. We don't let people, you know, bring us down to the level of the mundane, thinking that life is just what is on the surface. If you're in a prosperous area, you will prosper. You're not, you know, if the, if, the, if the chances are good, it might fall in your way. For us, it's not like that. If it's a chance of one in a million, I'm that one in a million. Why? I'm blessed. Please, I hope you're getting my point. So we understand that. I know why I went into all of that. So, Jesus didn't say to Peter, the reason why things didn't work out for you was because you didn't make the right natural decisions. What was the right natural decision? Stay inside the boat. What was the right natural decision? Don't take, try things that are risky. What was the right natural decision? Remember, you are not, you are not a fish. You are a human being. And even when they want to use water, they swim. They don't try to walk on it. Because by the principle of physics, the surface tension of water <laughs> multiplied by the amount of um, foot area that's contacting this thing cannot hold on the pressure of your weight divided by that same surface. <laughs> yeah, long physics. So the molecules will give and you will go under. That's a natural thing. When Jesus was going to answer, what did he say? Why did you doubt? That is, if you did not doubt, no matter how bad the circumstances will be, you will float. And let me say something quickly about that doubt matter. Well, because it comes down to practical things sometimes. The Bible says he has hidden wisdom for the upright. If you don't give up in because circumstances are difficult, you'll be amazed at the kind of wisdom God will bring. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. People will tell you that, ah, doing business in this country is hard. What it means, James has answered that. If anyone lacks wisdom, go and pray. It is hard because you don't have the right wisdom. You think it's easy anywhere? If it was easy, why do most businesses in the United States collapse? Nine out of ten collapsing in the first five years. Of the surviving ones, nine out of another ten will collapse in the next five years, making it only one out of a hundred. Surviving beyond 10 years. If it was easy, why is it like that? Once they were talking, it was it Akim Bilo Sagi or Alikodangote, one of them. I think it was Akim. They talked about political instability of the, concerning doing business in Africa. He said, yes, that's true. There's a lot of political instability. He said, when you get to Europe, there's technological instability. And he knew what he was saying. Can you believe I think it was Yahoo or so that at a point in time wanted to buy Google. 
Does that make sense? Now, can you think about it now that you are, Yahoo wanted to buy Google? So many people don't even know what Yahoo is now. Most young people don't know what Yahoo is. Because most <laughs> emails are now Gmail. And you say Yahoo. Yahoo wanted to buy Google at a time. And they had the money. Of course, Google was not worth what it was, about a trillion dollars now at that time. But to let you know <laughs> that things can change. That's what Hakim was saying. That you make plans one day, they make all your plans redundant after you have, you have put in. I mean, they, they, for me, they, one of the most celebrated examples was um, one of these large phones those days. Came out about um, 25 years, 23, 25 years ago. Not right, right? I came after, I think they took on some of their satellites. Iridium. Iridium by Motorola. Motorola had the beautiful idea to make sure you can make calls from any spot on the earth at any time. Beautiful idea, right? So how do I make a call from the center of the, Atl- of the Atlantic or Pacific, from my ship, my luxury liner, my boat? <laughs> it's simple. They have satellites covering every square inch satellites all over the place. They launch all the satellites and put their phones, big heavy things like this, with a fat, thick antenna like this, iridium. And guess what happened? It never took off. They spent billions and billions of dollars. You know what killed Iridium? GSM. <laughs> GSM killed Iridium. Because before they knew what was happening, GSM masks were being planted everywhere. Suddenly, people did not need Iridium, really. The need was not there. They couldn't get up. To, I think that, I'm not sure they got up to 100,000 subscribers worldwide. And of course, because of that, it was quite expensive to keep going. What killed it? GSM. GSM that now we're making phone calls for ten, less than 10 naira a minute. Let's not calculate that in dollars. The, zero, the .000 will be too plenty. So that's what Akim was saying. That you, see, you may say there's political instability. There are other kinds of instabilities in different places. They complained like that, or talked to Ali Dangote about that once at a time also. His own reply was that, well, when you get it right, the returns is quite good. <laughs> yes. You should go and hear his story about how he became this cement giant that he is. I heard the story once that somebody wanted to buy Dangote cement. And the only reason he did not sell, he wanted to sell. The only reason he did not sell was that there was gist outside that he was broke. And it's not as if the gist was a problem. He said for that reason, those who wanted to buy needed to pay his price. That if he pay, they were offering him something lower than what he was asking for. Not up, not up to a billion dollars though. I don't think it was up to, do you know the gist? I don't think it was up to 500 million dollars. He said the only reason he did not accept their, their offer was because if he did, it will confirm the rumor outside that he's in need of cash. And you know, it's not good for big business. Because the banks will close their lines of credit and he's nodding, he knows. Those who are very wicked. When you need money, they, they won't give you. <laughs> they will not give you. Because they are afraid you don't be able to pay. But when you don't need it, they will come and meet you say, we have this facility, 10 billionaire. Say, so, uh, you scratch your behavior like that for them. 10 billion, make it 20 billion. Tell your MD to call me. This is a big empty that you can't see. They will call you. Ah, uh-uh. Pastor Kimothy, how are you doing? <laughs> and then they are calling you like that. No, you don't need their money. That's guaranteed. If you want to know whether you need a banker's money or not, check whether he's the one calling you or you're the one calling him. Once he's calling you, you don't need his money. So the man refused to sell. 
A few years down the line, the cement business made him the richest black man. Time and chance happens to him. If those people had just known, in quote, they would have paid his price. But they did not. You are getting what I'm going to explain here. So you see, I'm going to say something here. There's, there's instability everywhere. There is. So the fact that you fail somewhere, Jesus said it's not the instability, it is what? Doubt. Lack of faith. He said, but okay, what if I wanted to do something and trouble broke out? God said, if, if your faith was strong enough and I needed you to succeed in that area, I will close the trouble. After what is my name? The Lord that makes wars cease. What am I going to emphasize? That's why we need to fight doubt. We keep teaching about it. We have to fight unbelief because spirituality is poisonous. It attracts sickness. Sickness is passing. It looks and say, ah, see doubts there. Let's go and meet the doubter. And this is not about pretending. You have to feed your faith so that you will kill the doubts in your heart. You now I keep on quoting this thing by Neville Johnson. Now they asked him, can demons read your mind? He said they don't have to. He said what's going on inside you is radiating from your soul as colors. They can see it. If there's doubt as they are passing. <laughs> you know like bingo. You know how bingo smells? If you put food in the car, as soon as you pack, your dog goes to the boot. Dog that normally will come to greet you. <laughs> you know there's action inside this boot. Oh, okay, you've not seen dogs do it. As soon as you pack the guy, ah, this is where they kept the rice. That's how demons are too. They can smell unbelief. Cancer can smell unbelief. And one major thing that family history does, what doctors will tell you, uh, your mother have this disease, your father have it. For us believers, one major thing it does is to plant doubts in your heart. It is not the genes, it's the doubt. When everybody in your family has had breast cancer, you now queue up. The discussion will be, with age, it's my own coming. But coming, it shall come. And the demons say, okay, well, we have some two demons, they're not doing anything right now. Can they come and afflict you? <laughs> yeah, they smell it. Unbelief makes people poor. God will give them opportunities. They won't invest. Why? Unbelief. Later, they'll not be telling stories. Ah, they wanted to sell me this thing that time. Oh. Why didn't they buy? Fear. The way this country is going, very soon, any man will have to go his own way. Oh. So because you are from Delta State, they give you land, then you go to buy. You will not buy. Five years later, you come back. The land they offered you for one million is now going for 15 million or 30 million. You now start telling stories. And they offered me that. And I had the money. I went to buy a Corolla. <laughs> you don't realize that God knew what he was doing. He offered it to you to bless you. Because you know, there's way God behaves, all right? Get this point very clear. Even though you are in doubt, he won't stop the offer. It's called the demonstration of his righteousness. You ha- it has to be shown. That's why he will tell Moses, go and tell him to let the people go. But he won't let them go. It's okay, why are you wasting your time? Ah, it has to be shown that I gave him the opportunity. <laughs> why didn't he just say, look, Moses, Aaron, don't waste your time with Pharaoh. He won't let them go. So let's punish him with nine plagues. Then the tenth plague, you now go and say, let my people go. No. He said, go and tell him, let my people go. But let me tell you, he will not let them go. And they kept going back like Mughals to a man they knew would not agree. That's how God behaves, though. Let me give you, and it's in the scriptures like that. If you see, when, um, uh, was it, uh, what's the name of uh, 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 Esther's husband? Is it Zexis or whatever? Uh-huh. 
You know, he signed a decree that they should exterminate all the Jews on a particular date. Then when he found out what had happened, do you know he didn't withdraw that decree? Mm-hmm. You didn't notice? That's how everyone he is sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. What did he now do? He signed another decree that the Jews should defend themselves and people should help them. So the initial plot carried on. But the new plot carried on too. And the stronger of the two plots now won. And that's how the Jews were preserved. So sometimes, God seeing the, the unbelief in people's hearts, he will still send the angel of blessing. The angel will now get there. The person will now reject. Will now be telling stories later. And they offered me that land that time. And I had the money. And my wife was saying we should buy, or maybe we should just build something, they will now build this one later. Why didn't you buy? Unbelief. Because you listened to Radio Biafra two nights before. And Satan rode upon those words. Words carry spirits. So Satan rode upon the words and inflamed your heart with fire. It's called unbelief. Instead of you to quench it, you know, shield of what? Faith, with which we quench the fairy that. You didn't. It planted and denied you of your blessing. Unbelief makes people poor. Denies them of financial blessings that God is sending. It does. It does. Unbelief is terrible. Scatters people's lives. Make them die prematurely. <laughs> Puts their names in the Bible in a negative way. Demas. Demas, you know, read the scriptures. Paul will write. The following people send their greetings. He will list Timothy, this person, and Demas. He will list those who are with him and list Demas. Then finally he wrote, Demas has departed from me. <laughs> Poor Demas. I hope that guy is over there because I will say, oh boy, did you read the Bible? <laughs> Your name was like that of Solomon. It started well, <laughs> ended bad. That's what unbelief does. Because unbelief, we say, the way you are following Paul, you know that man doesn't have a family. You think you and him are running the same race. I'm warning you. Me, as I did Thessalonica right now, I've never been shipwrecked. <laughs> I heard that you were with Paul the last shipwreck. How you take manage? He said, I held his leg. <laughs> he said, okay, God saved you. Let me just warn you. Your mother is getting old. She wants to see her grandchildren. There's one Thessalonican sister there. She will agree to marry you. We have spoken with her. What's all of this following Paul up and down? Is it you, God, called or Paul? That's what they call Satan. You know Satan? Satan always looks out for your good. Satan? That's what they call Satan. He's looking out for your good. You will not go to the cross. Why should any bad thing happen to you? That's what they call Satan. Satan is always looking out for your good. At your age, you will have laid the foundation by now. That's it. Do you know this man that time, um, Bishop Abuye? I think he turned 60, I think, a few days ago. Yes. Bishop Abuye, of course, is a well-respected man. He's a well-celebrated man. And most ministers, now, let's, like Paul, let's just be carnal for a moment, all right? Paul said, let's be foolish for a short while. All right? If you want to talk about success that the eyes can see, 99.9% of people on this earth will not see his level. 
That's not a lie. If it's a fly private jet, he flies. If it's a drive private car, he drives. If you live in a private house, <laughs> or should be counting, I'm sure the one of the has dashed people. But do you know they used to yap him those days? They call him Oyedepo's boy. And that was not a compliment, it was a derogatory statement. When are you going to start your own? And he used to say, because we used to go for Bible school there, in the winners in Lagos, the school of ministry. That he'll be quoting somebody else, actually. I think he was quoting another minister. That let me be number one in God's plan. No, let me be number two in, but I'm being God's plan. Then be number one and be in my own plan. That's how Satan, Satan used to deceive people. They'll be looking out for your good, though. They'll call you and say, See, this country is not getting easier. Sometimes when I think of some people, you know, I just wonder, that, is it that my head, maybe I'm, I'm the one that's sick, or they are the ones that are sick, or the whole society is sick, because I don't understand. You will see people, for me, I just feel like, they have a saying in Western Nigeria, that if you can get out of your house in the morning, set on a journey to go and look for money, and you meet honor on the way, that you will come back home. Why? That if you had gotten the money, it's not honor you use it to buy so now that you have collected honor, just go back home. You don't need money anymore. And the truth is that what we look, use money to buy in life, according to scriptures, is satisfaction. That word satisfaction is the best way to describe it. That's why people take drugs, even though they are rich. Do you know why? The, all the money did not bring satisfaction. They had to look for something else. That's why you find rich, successful royals or stars. Go to, they'll be going to dig landmines. Why? All the money and the wealth, you know, the stardom didn't bring satisfaction. Now, for believers, satisfaction is found doing the will of God. You will never, now listen, I'm not talking about you train yourself to find satisfaction there. No, your spirit, soul, and body will not have satisfaction until he's doing that. There's a man I know, he's always making plans. You know, there are people that they always have plans. Half of them will fail. No, sorry. 80% will fail. But some, some succeed. Watch the plan. Then will be pinching people. I can't tell them why the man is making all these plans. And in my mind, I feel like they say, bro, these your plans are enough. Go and do the will of God. Because at your age, you are still making plans as if you are 30. Meanwhile, you are over 50. Far over 50. And you are making plans as if you are 30. I don't know whether you are getting my point. As if you are 25. In fact, as if, as if you are 22. You know the reason? Because the soul is thirsting for something which all the plans and achievements have not given. And there's somebody they have in mind. And in this case, you feel like saying, bro, please, just go and do the will of God. Let me tell you something about the will of God. It's not always gl- glamorous or glorious or beautiful for everybody. But you know what? It satisfies. If you can take your eyes away from what people are telling you, you will find satisfaction in doing the will of God. You will. But if you don't do it, you will never find it. Wrong. Look, the day, the, the, <laughs> the day you finally make all the money, here's the money you have been looking for. You will now sit down, and the spirit of Solomon will descend upon you. And you look at $2 million and say, vanity upon vanities. All is what? Vanity. I have chased after the wind. I have reached there and found that there's nothing. Why am I saying this? Sometimes I see people which, who God literally have planted in a place of 
Because for me, I was talking about the will of God. The, the will of God is, is usually centered around releasing God's blessing. Do you understand? Through you. Do you understand? And I feel like God has planted people in those areas. Yes, you don't have money, I, I agree. You can't just wake up in the morning and go and buy the newest, uh, uh, what do you call it, Range Rover. It's true. You still have to pay a landlord. I agree. You still have to take bus. You can't pay for plane frequently. I agree. But if it's the satisfaction of conducting the blessing of God into this earth, there's no doubt in your heart that you have it. Yet people will settle down and lead such people away and say, listen, come, you have your future in front of you, plan, no. You have to be wise. Let me tell you something about Christianity. Wisdom is bad for you. That kind of wisdom is bad. It's good to be foolish for Christ. It's good to be stupid for Christ. Why are you this stupid? Say it's because of Jesus. <laughs> There's a story I told him, don't quit the army. I like to repeat that story once in a while. Because I real story, I, I'm one person removed from the person. No, in fact, the person told me the story was almost in the center of the story. Except that what happened was, it didn't happen to him, but it was amongst the people that were acting the story. Can I use that word? You understand what I'm trying to say? <laughs> He said there was this sister somewhere in this our beautiful country, Nigeria. She was a nurse, got a job in one mission hospital in a rural area. But she was anointed. The Holy Spirit went with her to a mission station. So you know what happened? Revival broke out in the village around there because she was having a Bible study. All the women around started coming for her Bible study, and she was teaching the word of Christ. It grew into a church, kind of. He said the DP of the police station there, at the point in time, persecuted her because his wife was going to that Bible study and church, in quotes. And then, of course, they intervened and all of that. Make a long story short, that man joined the church, the DPO. He too joined the church eventually. But because she was a single lady, she found it hard to handle everything. So the brothers used to come from town, taking turns preaching. I don't know whether it's like having Sunday services, but you used to have Bible studies. I mean, the thing was growing. Somebody say Satan. Satan. Just say it, Satan. Satan. I want to describe him, what he did. One day, the family was sent for her. How long are you going to be living like this? Oh, first, this is the first thing Satan did. He first went to the mission people to tell them that the money they are paying, they can't afford it again. No. Those ones too agreed. They called her and said, the money we're paying you to be working in our clinic. Money is hard. So they had to cut the salary down. You know what? She accepted the salary. The brothers, they, when they heard of it, they all agreed to be contributing the balance so that that work will not die. She stayed. They sat and left that place, went to her family, and said, how long are you going to be doing this one? See, let's just look for some name. Give me one English female sister name. Monica. Monica has married. Last week, she gave birth to her second child. And she was your classmate in secondary school. Give me another English female name. Jessica. Jessica has married. Give me another one. Bridget. Bridget has married. She and her husband has even gone to America. And you are still here. When are you going to marry? And in the village, you know, there are no husbands. That's the impression they gave. 
They pressured and pressured and pressured this sister. And I don't know what happened. She fell for the pressure. You know what she did? She resigned and went back to the city and got married and died a few years later. Yes. She died. I jumped a bit of the story, but she died. The part I jumped, if I told you, you would have shouted some more. But let's just leave it there. Because it, wasn't, it was not an easy death. It was a painful one. So the church in the village closed, and God withdrew his spirit, and she expired. Go and read your Bible. When God removed the garment of Aaron, boom. Please, don't come out your garment by yourself. <laughs> so I'm going to carry their priestly garment. Fling and come on. Say, let me hang it here. When I make money, I'll collect it back. They take two steps out of the place. Boom. Christians, they die. I hope you are aware of that. And I hope some, many times, it's not even Satan. Satan says, anyway, God will say, Satan, move back. This is Moses. I kill him by myself. You know, some people, when they want to die, God personally. He <laughs> says, Satan, if you touch this, my servant, you go to, hell, you go to the lake of fire early. Satan says, my heart, no deal. It's a family matter. <laughs> Look at the Bible now. Two, first time Moses almost died, it was God. When he finally died, God told him, lie down here. Die by fire. Then the guy died. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord is good. What happened to her? Unbelief. Unbelief killed her. What's unbelief? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we marry? With what shall we have children? So she left. Let me pray a prayer for you. You will never leave the place where God has kept you. In the name of Jesus Christ. He will compel you and constrain you and limit you. You will stay. In the name of Jesus. It's important. That prayer is very important. Satan is the one that will come and tell you. Like he told that young lady. You know, I told you the other day, my brother were having discussions. Let me explain something to you. Christianity is not pleasure. Part of Christianity is suffering. Did you hear what I said? So let's get it clear. Because the, the reason why we have confusion in life, it just will tell you that once you believe, once you believe, hallelujah, you just speak in tongues and you'll be printing money. One man said it the other day. People were just happy. I said he was joking. Preacher's joke. <laughs> you know when God called Paul, you know what he said to Paul? When he told the, what was the guy who went to lay hands on Paul? Ananias. He said, I've showed him many things that he will suffer for my name's sake. Not that he will. One brother quoted it for saying he will. I said he didn't say he will. He said he must. Will as, as, as you are going, you jump in the suffering. No. Must is that you can't get anywhere without the suffering. So that was why when they tell Paul something, he said, none of these things move me. <laughs> so there's no light in Nigeria. He said, none of these things move me. He said, none of these things move me. There's nothing he wanted to tell Paul. He heard it from the beginning. But you know what we heard from the beginning? Praise God. You take your married vow like this. For better, for best, for richer, for richest. In, in, in health and in health. Have you? <laughs> to invent my own adjective. <laughs> in fact, we rebuke death right now. Can't do us part. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. 
That's marriage vow. I will just look at the foolish people taking marriage vow. I say, me? If I'm the minister, I'm working out. I won't, I won't let that one start. You will say it the way they've said it by the men of old. In sickness and in health. In, what's the richest side part of it? For richer, for poorer. The English, old English is, till death us do part. That is, I ain't going anywhere. If I become poor, oh girl, poverty is your portion. If I become sick, you are not going anywhere. You'll be my number one nurse. And vice versa. If you become sick, you know, you know that those matters we were discussing the other day. People don't understand Christian vows. Because the woman is sick now. The man will now go and take a second wife. Because the woman is now permanently sick. I said, you have broken a Christian vow. I understand your reasons. I'm not saying I agree with it. But whatever it is, you have broken a Christian vow. Because Christianity behaves differently. It's a crazy idea. Christianity. It's crazy. Christianity is crazy. The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. So natural mind cannot understand the demands of God in Christ. It can't. No people are taught that if things are rough, it's not God. It can't be God. Because God is good. God is good. I'm not serving a poor God. I'm serving a rich God. That God forgot he was rich when he called Paul. And said, you will suffer many things for my sake. And Paul began to list the the suffers. Can I use that English? (laughs) Saying hunger. Often. Not once in a while. Often. He said, Timothy, says, sir, can I have breakfast? Oh, God, did they bring offering? No. Eh? Leave her now. Paul said, Timothy, come, let us pray. Then they went into prayer and worship. Then they go and sleep. Next morning, Timothy, anything to eat? Okay. I said trap. Yes, they never catch any rats. Let me go and check the trap. We will not catch one small bush rat. Timothy will. And they will eat it with thanksgiving. They will rejoice. See, the Lord has sent us a rat this morning. He is a good God. He is our shepherd. <laughs> you know what he said? As poor, yet making many rich. You could not surprise him. From the beginning, they had warned him. You will suffer many things of my sake. But you know what? We now pray to people. Say, once you pay your tithe, your life will never be tight. I don't wonder my head. The foolish people will be believing these things. I say, why do you believe? Your life has been tight for the last six years. Maybe you should try not tight for a year. Maybe it will even loosen up a bit. You know. <laughs> Christians are very fun. They just plant this seed. <laughs> What that guy say? If you are broke, oh. if you are suffering, check your offering. <laughs> if you are, if you are sick, check, check your seed. <laughs> and then, if your life is tight, check your tithe. When I saw the young pastor that said it, I told that pastor I said, "Forgive him. He does not know what he's saying. They have just called him to ministry. He has not. He goes to jam." If you are sick, check your seed. (laughs) 
Oh, may God teach us real Christianity. Amen. And I was preaching on them. Okay, in fact, I was, I was going to tell where's the, where's Reverend Felix? There's one message I want to give to him. Okay, there's one message I want to give you. Anybody that books a message, just add it to it. I preached it in my, uh, that my senior citizens fellowship on Sunday. It was on the hope of salvation. So I talked about eternal, that is life after now. I talked about three things that is our hope for salvation. The first one being Christ-likeness. Two, eternal dwelling with Christ Jesus. Three, a resurrection body. I talked about those three things. You understand? And then I tried to explain to people that, listen, people think that our godliness and righteousness must produce in this life. It must. So when Leah Sharibu refuses to deny, to deny Christ and be converted to Islam and she was not released, we say she was not wise. Not knowing that she had just fulfilled the scriptures, that she rejected deliverance for a better resurrection. We've forgotten that part of it. Why? Because our teaching was not like the warning Paul was given, that you will suffer many things for my sake. So we're not ready to take any beating. If that young woman had come to me, you remember that day I told one man came to Enugu, he came to encourage Christian artists. I went for the meeting. It was like a show, kind of. Yeah, and it was a show. Yesterday and day he was talking. See, we have to encourage people like this. That if, uh, give me one, one Lagos boy that's making money in music. If the band is doing a show now, they will sell one table, one millionaire. How many of us will be willing to buy this girl's table for 50000 I felt like putting on my hand. Me? I don't go buy for five naira. I don't care how talented you are. When I preach, I'm sorry, what I want to say is foolishness, eh? but I'll get back to wisdom. By age and reason of use, I am more anointed than you. Now, that's what I call foolishness, to be comparing, but I wanted to say something there. How old are you? I've been preaching this gospel. Kingdom World Ministries meeting on a weekly basis. Eh? Started in 2003. That will make it 20 years in two years' time. I've not charged anybody 20, 10 naira to sit on a chair. That's what I mean by a man. It's not really the anointing. I'm talking, but look at the years of experience. And I started preaching university. This year will be 30 years I left university. I've been preaching since I was in school. 30 years. I left university in 1991. Nobody has, I've not charged anybody to come and sit down and hear me preach. Put my books online. Over 3,000 copies are downloaded every month. Nobody has said, okay, this is a charge. So because you can sing. I'll now buy your table for free. So, so that guy now said that uh, if, if we don't encourage her now, she will sing free me. I feel like just getting up and walking out. That's what you want to tell me. I feel like telling the girl, okay, come, come. The person he was referring to, Say, so my sister, if you want to serve God, serve him. If you don't want to, I free you. <laughs> I free you to go to hellfire. I free you to burn eternally. I free you. I ain't giving you a dime to encourage you. Don't be stupid. If you don't know God, let us know you don't know him. We'll send you to Apostle Community. We'll baptize you. Keep you down for five minutes. You'll know God by the time you come out from inside that water. <laughs> and you sink somebody inside the water. Your whole and there. When he's struggling for bread, hey, you bring her back up. And I just, that day I was just so angry. I said, what kind of nonsense is this? 
I thought the pastor started sitting beside me. I said, free who? Free you now. I said, who has encouraged me to preach the gospel? I will encourage myself in the Lord. If everybody here gathered to discourage me, I will encourage myself in the Lord. Let me tell you the truth. Eh? The way the thing is, did I tell you what? Something happened. You know, the wife whom thou gavest me. Have you seen that before in your Bible? They can cause trouble. So one of those days, the wife which he gavest me caused me trouble. <laughs> so I had picked my phone to call apostle that I'm too upset I cannot preach. I'm telling you that I'm just angry. So I was about to call him to tell him, but I'm not coming for Bible study. I won't tell him why now. He'll think I'm in the spirit. So he just that's living like that. <laughs> you know, I, I was about to call. I picked the phone. I don't know what I said, darling. Then my spirit just told me something. Maybe it was the Holy Spirit that was prompting me, or one angel that was warning me. He said, when Bible study starts by 5, and the Lord comes at 5.30, what will you say? Do you know, immediately I started dressing up. Because what I realized I would say is simple. Lord, the woman whom you give to me has upset me, and therefore I cannot do your work. Do you know what they call that? It's called an accuser of the brethren. I said, before God injures my wife, I I'm going to preach. I encourage myself by force. By force. I said, eh, why would I give her as a reason why I can't do the ministry? I said, no. This is what they call wahala. You know, you know the truth? People don't fear God. You know why they don't fear God? Pastors. Pastors have preached. They've lied to them. That God will never hurt you. And he loves him. And he loves him. <laughs> Nonsense. Sit down there. They will use, you know, there are some people, they will use to teach other people. After Uza died, everybody respected the alcohol. Yeah, After that, say, Bros, you go touch. Even David said, I know they touch. <laughs> I'm sure to carry the act somewhere, everybody held it from a distance. Carry a judge, put on there. them, please. <coughs> Guard this thing for us, you hear? Don't go near. <laughs> the thing they keep us. <laughs> You know, people will be like, that's why people don't fear God. They will have, sometimes when I hear pastors talk, okay, my wife will say, when I report what they say to her, she say, don't these people fear God? Don't they fear God? People don't fear. They don't fear. That's why somebody will be telling me that, eh, if you don't encourage somebody, you go just come up for church. You know, <laughs> as with New Houston, shall we come up for church? And see where it landed her now. Ask with Nilistin. They didn't encourage her in church. She sang free me. Now Bobby Brown said, ah, I go hold you. You know, that family has suffered. Bobby Brown's son too died a few days ago. Oh, yes. You know what kills him? The report came out yesterday. The same thing. A mixture of cocaine, fentanyl, and alcohol. Oh, free me. Hey, they don't free you now. Those that they freed you from that is singing God. Yeah, they didn't win your level of awards. They didn't become as rich as you were at a time. But they are still there singing. See, see, why not? They freed you. You don't free. 
Nonsense. Oh, the Lord is good. I was just upset. So tell me that uh, if you don't... Ah, okay. I feel like calling this lady, sis, sis, come. Don't let that guy come to Lagos, from Lagos to come and deceive you. We are not going to encourage you. In fact, I hereby discourage you to see whether you will serve God or not serve him. And the fact that he has given you the talent, the skill to sing and to act does not make you a star. I think young people should hear that very clearly. That your talent does not make you a star. You can sing from... You know, I keep on telling all of you, maybe one day if she comes to Enugu, I will tell Pastor Corey's wife to sing here. Then you will know you've not heard this kind of voice in a long time. Is it... Which key is that one? Is it C or G? Once you can drag and small, you don't go look for who go record them. Yes, no, because you can drag small song. If I what I wanted to, <laughs> oh, I hope I can get to my message. <laughs> You're looking for a recording deal. Thank God, this studio uses how to make money. If you now be looking, if I, oh, oh, oh. one day I was going from the airport, some boys came. I encourage our talent, encourage us. <laughs> I just gave them money, said that they recorded their video CD. Those days. So I give them some money. I can't remember exactly how much now. Say, so they, please, they are young talent. They are young people. They want to be, you know, just encourage us. To me, all of this glorified begging. All this is, is begging. Is begging. Leave that in. It's begging. All right. You, I, I reached home. I said, let me even see what this boy is put inside the CD. The first two line, I said, two women did like this. Come on, this is true. You see, they throw it, he broke it, he does me. They're stupid boys, no talent. It's rubbish. You could have sing a song that I want to listen to the second time. Just put two half naked women to be doing the. I just, I said, I just brought this, just steal this for dustbin. I, I can't remember how much I gave them. I said, Well, that one, God have mercy on me. Nonsense. After that, they encourage me, I'm not encouraging anybody again. The last boys I tried to encourage, see the rubbish they recorded. If you want me to encourage you now, you give me the CD first. I will play it. I will listen to it. If it makes godly sense, then we shall encourage you. Otherwise, let's know you're a beggar. But then you carry CD for road. Say, encourage me. You are begging. It's true. People think that once they have one little gift, you must just turn to something. You must not make a million. Like this joker, say he deserved, <laughs> he deserved the Grammy. No, you know, let me tell you something about God. You collect that thing back. Just watch what I said. I don't know how he will do it. Though. Whether it's literal collect, as in give me back, or he will eat those words. God, I gave you a small award. You opened your mouth and said, I deserved it. God said, nothing spoil. It will either be your last award in life. That is, you'll be telling that, oh, he used to sing 35 years ago. You, <laughs> you will be the second generation Pashek. Yeah. You open your mouth and say, I deserved it. Nonsense. People, they want to just give them one small gift. Listen. God gives you a gift to sing. I was teaching my children the other day in the house. I said, any gift you have is just to be exercised. You don't know where it will take you to. And you don't know what God will use it to do. You don't know how God will use it. You, don't know. you, you just have no idea. David was a very good player of the instrument. 
But the main thing that made him in life, that is God made his life to be, was what? A king and a prophet. He used that to take him into that place. He did not build a career. I don't know whether I get my point. In that side. He wasn't prominent for it. You are following my point? God gives people gifts. This woman, I give her as an example all the time. Um, No, this, the uh, Oswald Chambers were. Billy Chambers. Billy Chambers was an excellent stenographer who write everything you are saying down faster than you are saying, saying it. But you know what she wanted to use it to do? To progress in civil service. She wanted to work in, what do you call this place now? Where the British Prime Minister stays. Downing Street, number... Okay, I've heard three things. Nobody said nine. Okay, another person said eight. Somebody said ten. So which is the one? Ten. Okay, what's your own? Eight, nineteen. Okay, he added two together. <laughs> anyway, she wanted to work for the British Prime Minister. She, was, she, she targeted that job. She did. But she did not know what God was doing. She didn't get the job. But when God gave her the real job, which was what? To marry Oswald Chambers and take down everything he's preaching. The Lord knowing fully that Oswald Chambers had just a few years more to live. He died at the age of 43. I don't know how long they were married. They had only one daughter. He wrote only one book, but there are more than 20 books that bear his name. The other books were extracted from her notes. You know, you come to Bible study, you have a notebook. That's what they took and published dozens of other books. See, see her real gift, where he took her to? Not where the world would have wanted. She did not become a celebrated author. Her name is not even written on any of the books. What, just when I watched the interview of her daughter, I now read the story behind how the books were compiled. You now find that, oh, the person who actually penned these things down was Biddy Chambers, not Oswald. Oswald spoke. He kept on speaking. He kept on speaking. Then one day he took ill and died. Then her gift was what God used to preserve that treasure of his teachings. Fantastic teachings. I mean, when people drop his quotes, he, he doesn't teach for shallow Christian work. When you read Oswald Chambers, you want to know God. It takes you deep, takes you deeper, takes you into the deep things of God. And God said, before this shallow generation comes, let me preserve some deep things. Oh, if you read James from Genesis, see him analyze the life of Abraham. Honestly, you will thank God for that woman's life. Her gift did not make her a star. So if you have a gift, what do you do with it? Just keep, just keep Using it, exercising your gift. The giver of the gifts knows why he gave it. If you read the Triumphant Church by Kennedy Hagin, one woman that was there misunderstood this thing. and she, Forget this, once saved, always saved. That prophet showed to us that he saw her descend into eternal damnation. That Jesus used her to teach him. Go and buy the book, The Triumphant Church. These days of you know, digital everything. I'm sure you can, if you go online, probably find it somewhere. But please read it. All this chasing of demons needlessly, you will leave it alone. But you go and see how, you see how God taught me how to deal with 
evil spirits. The spirit entered her by reminding her of two things. Her beauty and her gift. So that you have been robbed by being a pastor's wife. By being in church. In the world, you'll have been famous. You'll have been making money. People will have been, you know, healing you. They will have known about you. Initially, he resisted that de- de- devil. Satan can be tenacious. Came back. The one thing I just want to tell you quickly, before you worry about the tenacity of Satan, is that each time he comes back, he's weaker than the last time. I want to tell you that. Every time you resist him successfully, he will come back, no doubt. But by each successful resistance, you get stronger, he gets weaker. A time comes, you will not even notice his return. He keeps coming back. But it keeps getting weaker and weaker. But one day she opened up to him, to the devil. The thought entered into her heart and sat down there and began to disturb her family. Shortly after, she divorced her husband and went into the world. I don't know how much fame she made, though. Maybe it's a name we know. I don't know. All we know is that they did everything to try and get her back. That's how she started changing one husband to another. Once you are changing husband, one after the second, third husband, just know that you are demon-possessed. It's true. All those who in the whole in the world. What's the name of this? No, let me not talk anything here. We'll finish that one later. Just divorce this one, marry another one, and then you divorce one star. After eight months, marry another star, marry that one for three months, and then just be, it's demonic activity. It's demon, Satan. Satan possessing human beings. And then we there, what, and you know, <laughs> don't let your children ever admire a demon possessed woman. Do you hear what I said? If your daughter dressed like him, Kardashian, flog him. Flog her everywhere. Say in Jesus' name, if I not only flog him, lay hands. You got a bottle of oil, I deliver you. No Kim in your life. She wears anything that looks like Kim Kardashian, T8. Would be begging for evil spirits? You admire somebody too much, you grow old, you'll be doing the deeds of the individual. I'm telling you, go and read my book, Great Faith Can Be Yours. I talked about it there. Be careful who you admire. Anyway, back to our Jesus. That's how this woman started, though. She now became really demonized. Then she now decided to start harassing the, family, the ministry of her former husband, the minister. So the Lord told Kenneth Hagin in that book, the story is there, to stop that thing. So he warned the spirit not to try it again. So that one ended. Because she doesn't know what she's doing. She's now de- demon activity. So he didn't talk to her. He just talked to the spirit, harassing the ministry of his servant, of God's servant, to stop. So the demon stopped. And the Lord showed him the vision of how one minister went to talk to her. She wouldn't listen. And then one day she came to church and told everybody that they should leave her alone. She's tired of them. She's even tired of their Jesus. And Jesus said, until that moment, any time she will have come back, I will have taken her back. But until that time, you see, after that time, she was damned eternally. I want to tell you, once saved, always saved. Number one, I'm not saying because Kenegan said so. Read your Bible well. It's not true. He said, people who have reached that level, who have understood those deep things of the Spirit, if they should turn back, they will not find the occasion for repentance. I mean, it's in the Scriptures. It's not because of, But because a prophet confirmed, that's why I'm just telling the story. Why did she fall for that? Because she thought her beauty and her singing gift should give her fame. God knows why she gave you that fineness. 
You know why I give you that singness. <laughs> Dude, I actually enjoy this my manufactured English. It, you know, it brings a message in a different way. Yes, you know, it rhymes. Finest, singness. All right, that is good. <laughs> he knows why he gave her the gift. Why did he give the gift to her? I don't know. But he knows. And he will have used it for that. Now, you must understand something. God is very... Pardon me, Lord, Lord, I'm not insulting you. I just want to teach your children something. So I want to just use a word. God is very wasteful. He's very lavish. Okay, that's a better word. He's very lavish. So he will appear to the untrained natural mind as wasteful. He's very lavish. God is very lavish. That is the way he spends on things he wants to spend on. You'll be amazed. For example, to make the environment look beautiful. He invests more money in a field of flowers that don't last for long. Each one, Jesus says, Solomon in all of his glory, that is when he wore his best attire, studded with golden crowns. You understand my point? I mean, you know, with precious stones, and then the kind of expensive materials you wear. He said, if you compare everything he's wearing, it's not as much as that of one flower. Solomon's gold will last essentially forever, earthly speaking. If you found that gold, if you found that crown now, it would be exactly the way it was thousands of years ago when Solomon had it. At least the metal part and the gemstones. That's how expensive it was. And his whole total you know, get up, like we say in, in our slang, his whole total gab was cheaper than the cost of decorating a flower for just a few days. That's how lavish God is. So if you know the gold value of a field of flowers, and after the season is over, they will all die off. The butterflies will come there, pollinate, fly away. Bees will come, gather their honey from there, and fly away. Then the flower will die. That's how lavish God is. So sometimes, God takes a witness with, with that kind of fantastic voice. Say, so you know what they are going to do? You will lead praise in a church of 200 people, and you will not record one album. Say, Lord, hey, wait, it's my church, right? It's my voice. It's my song. Is that not so? And this is why I wanted to sing it. I'm trying to talk about how lavish God can be. So you, not knowing that, will come to that church. And say, wow! 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 You should be singing for the whole world! Because I didn't give her to the whole world. I gave her to this local assembly. Each time she gets up to sing, what you will not know is that I'm transforming lives in a way you will never understand. Just to help you understand, possibly her songs will raise one Billy Graham here. Do you understand my point? One David Doe they put there. Do you get my point? One, um, give me another minister, one Kenneth Hagin there, one Nathan Abbasi there. Oh, well. <laughs> we have to be humble. Not to talk about the businessmen, her songs we raise. And she wouldn't even know. But she's leading worship because I've given her that voice the Lord will be saying. There's a particular frequency, there's a way she switches the gears that my spirit rides upon specially. Did you not hear that, that David will play? 
and the evil spirit will depart from Saul. The evil spirits are supposed to ruin some families that they depart when they come here. Say, leave her there. I didn't give her to the whole world. But Satan will come and say, what is, what, what, what is BB1 and CC1 and saying compared to you? The girl will look say, eh? He'll show you, say, what's the name of that woman? I used to like her song, Secular Musician. Celine Dion. How did you know? You used to like her song too. You have reported yourself in the presence of Brethren Madhu. Are you getting my point? <laughs> yes, you know, he just showed show her song to you. He said, Do you know how much you paid her for this album? $10 million sign of fees. Are you aware of that? And you are here singing for 200 people. When you can sell an album to each one of 20 million people and 100 million will hear you. People who say that, they don't understand how lavish God can be. They don't know that God said, yes, I know it can do that, but this is where I want to lavish all of it on these people. Be careful. No, no, there are people who have come and say, Pastor Bank, you know, if you do church like this, the church will be this size. <laughs> yeah, also. She will have found out that it's not true. Uh, the Lord has shown us that it's a lie. One day, you know, just to give you gist. They said there was one man, people have said, ah, if you just turn this thing to a church, because on average, churches tend to be three to four times that size during Sunday service, other calculation. You know the truth? I believed it too. Even though I was not going to act on it. But my reason for not acting on it was because I felt that this is what we should be doing. So even though I said, ah, I, I, I thought that, <laughs> anyway, we saw what we do. We thank God for that. Then somebody now told you this man's story. That there used to be one man of God in this town. He too was meeting on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Just like we are doing. And people also spoke to him. Saturdays, the place would be full. People would come to come and hear the word as he would teach. Then he announced Sunday service. That's the end of the ministry. Does not exist till today. That was, daddy, you know, you know, I said, may God not block your road. You know, if not, the opposition of God is strong. You know that's what happened to MK Abiola? MK Abiola had Nigeria like this in his hands. He bought Nigeria with generosity. Yes. He bought the loyalty of Nigerians from all the big men. They, they, was it the Emir of Kano? Supported him. And Tofa was there. Bashir Tofa. Well, God said, you don't know. If I don't give you a kingdom, you will never get it. Ah, when God blocks people, eh, the blockage is strong. It's complete. That is, there's no angle you want to come from. If you become too strong, it will kill you. Because your breath, you know where it is? It's not like this. Don't blow your like candle. You don't blow candle out before. That's more difficult to do than for God to blow a human being out. Just the person's candle, God, you blow. Person will just die. You know, people die. Do, <laughs> death is very funny. These days, eh, <laughs> people say, go for a checkup. You say, Listen, if you go die, you go die. This checkup. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard all kinds of death. The last one I heard is the, is the strangest I've seen in this world. I've heard of in this world. I heard that one a few days ago. I've heard, of, of course, you offer, you've seen at least collapse. I mean, Kwaraji in Nigerian, he died on the pitch in Lagos. Who is fitter than a footballer? Footballers are fit. Basketballers are very fit. These people just drop and die. Doctors drop and die. 
There's one man I heard, I told you about it a few days, uh, some weeks ago. In the U.S., a doctor, physician, so he's, he's dead there. On top of that, he was an exercise addict. He finished exercising, came out, he collapsed and died. The one I heard of recently, that one, I said, hey, this dead. Interesting. A man and his wife sat down to watch a movie. They sat on the couch. They watched. Film finished. The woman touched the husband. Let's go in and go and sleep. He was dead. He was not sick. He was healthy. He and his wife were playing. Say, hey, that movie, let's go. They sat down in their sitting room, put the TV on. They reclined and they were watching. So she thought he fell asleep. So when the film finished, he said, you know the way it is. Yeah, those of us who are married, we know. All these single boys don't know what we're talking about. But those of them, you know, you know. <laughs> you now wake your spouse up. Come, let's go inside. Tap the man. Bam, he was dead. He was dead. He didn't struggle. Do you understand my point? He didn't, he didn't struggle for breath. He didn't fit. He just sat down there watching, if, watching the TV with his wife and died off, and she thought he was sleeping. I said, when God wants to end somebody, now, just light match like this. You know the way? <laughs> yes. So when God is opposing you, listen, before he starts saying, Satan, I rebuke you, first sit down and say, about God, I want to pray, but let's know, is it you or Satan? Until you get clarity, eh? Don't move on. Because you know Balaam, Balaam was, you know, you know I hope no Balaam died. Yeah, Balaam died. He died for that trip. For that trip, Balaam died. That's just by the way. I've just talking about the opposition of God. Many times people see it in this life. When God opposes somebody, I'm not going anywhere. So that's why when you see me, I don't use human wisdom. One of our pastor friends, he likes me very much. He said that you run the most stressless ministry I've ever seen. He said, if you tell Pastor Bank a print fly, I know you'll go from print. If I go to Potaka, I tell you, don't put my face on billboard. They used to put it before. I, one day I saw myself. I just look like, I just look like TV Joshua. That's why I, I said, no, 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 no. This is too much. This is too much. This is too much. <laughs> ah, no, I said, that's the end of it. That's the end of it. No, 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 no. I just say after that, no, but don't put my face on post again. So if you see also program a banner, they just write my name. I said, those who know me, they don't know my face really. It's my name they know. So that's good enough. Huh? So the brother said that he likes me, that I don't like I, me. I don't want stress in ministry. He said, you go and block the road and make a lot of noise. People will come for your program. I bought you. Have you not printed a flyer before? You will print 1,000 flyers and you see two people. And those two people did not see the flyer. <laughs> those two people didn't see the flyer. They just came because they wanted to come. They said, ah, Pastor, I heard that you were doing a program. So we and my, me and my friend, we came. You know, by the time you print flyer twice like that, you won't print it third time. Say, anyone who won't come, may come. If you don't want to come, leave them. This is of a WhatsApp message. We just design small this and forward to your friends. As for print, I know they print again. And after some time, I do something. Anything I want to print must have value beyond advertising the program. So we'll print a, a small tract and advertise the program at the back. So that if you see the tract, you will read and be blessed. If you don't want to come, that's your problem. Because I found out that a man can receive nothing. Except it's given to him from above. 
So that brother said he likes the fact that I'm not, I don't have stress. I carried a bit to an extreme. I balanced it now. After I realized that because we didn't have stress, I was we're not doing anything again. Hey, how far we talk? We're planning there, because we have to start moving again. We have to start preaching. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. I said all of that trying to just explain something. God gives you a gift. Don't just assume it must blow. Try and find out what you are supposed to do with it. If you have an excellent teaching gift, it may be to teach nursery school. Yes. It might be to teach secondary school. You don't have to be a university lecturer. Many people are misplaced. Oh, they are so misplaced. They are thoroughly misplaced. They are misplaced. They are doing things that nobody sends them. The main thing they are supposed to do, they are not doing it. Why? Because they felt their gift is so good, it should be blowing. And God said, I didn't make it for blowing. And for those who blow, sorry, what's the meaning of blow? Let's explain to our foreign audience. Hammer and blow. They are both Nigerian things now. No, I don't want successful. That's too spiritual. Except, no, that's even more spiritual than successful. Okay, those who hit the limelight, yes, they like that. Who become renowned, people like that. Uh-huh. You know, it's a gift that God just gives them. It's not because, that is, that's, that's fame. It's a separate gift in itself. I don't know whether you get my point. One day I heard this man, this man that they gave a Nobel Prize, the first musician to get a Nobel Prize, songwriter. He got a Nobel Prize for literature. What's his name? He's the first and the only one so far. Nobel Prize for literature is only given to novelists, poets, and stuff. But he's a musician, a songwriter. Because of that, I went to listen to his music, just to see how, what, what's so, so serious about his music that... You know the truth? I don't know. After listening to it. He did a Christian album. I have that one. I think I have it. Okay, no. I used to listen to it on Apple Music, but I don't have it anymore. Um, I think he did one Christian album. That the one that said, um, you, must, you have to serve somebody. It could be the Lord, or it could be the devil, but you must serve somebody. Some of the songs he wrote. All right, anyway. Huh? Yes, Dylan. Bob Dylan, thank you. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. One day I heard his song. Ah, like, what's all the noise about Bob Dylan? But he got a Nobel Prize for it. So, this man said, he did a, I, I heard of a TV show that was done called 20 Feet from Stardom. And what was the point about 20 Feet from Stardom? That all the backup singers that followed them, Davido, um, Whiskey, all those people, that if you give them the microphone, they sing as well as the boys in front. Just because we're in Nigeria, there's one guy, I don't want to mention his name because we're streaming live. The day I saw I said, what did this guy they sing? Why, why, how did they reach here? I just said, what is all this? Ah, I know boys who do far better than that now. I know boys who do far better than that. But the guy made it, they didn't make it. So, this man said, oh, his name is uh, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder said, no, it's not about your gifts. That is your abilities. He said that fame is like a gift that is given to you. So he doesn't know why. So he called it 20 feet from stardom. That is, the people, are, the man is in front. You see, just jumping, hey, carrying, t- uh, carrying tower, hey, oh, hey. All this thing is being done by those who are behind. No, go and watch it. 
And they just hey, hey, hey. Oh, they will sing, they will almost die. But they, <laughs> the star, they get paid how much? In Nigeria today, for that one night show, the guy will pocket five million naira. The price said to ten thousand. Ah. If you see that entertainment industry, you know balance. When they tell you quit, it's not but see. You know movie business. When I first came to Enugu, we were living where they used to stay. That's when I realized it. Any person where you don't know a name that you see in a Nigerian movie of those days, it got 1,000 naira for that scene. 1,000. How much did I say? 1,000. But you now hear that Genevieve got 1 million. <laughs> those guys used to beg to show up like three times so they can get 3,000. And Genevieve will be telling the director to hurry up. She has another recording to do in a server. This ain't no good, just wasting her time. This life is not fair. Get used to it too. <laughs> Even those of us who are in ministry, you know what I'm talking about. I said, you are apostles, not they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the one he used to do, I, I already did that. They even first saw him online, on, on air. He will preach every Sunday on World versus World, and he'll still give price for those who are listening. I say, something's worrying you. Those who are listening should be sending you recharge card. Sending you to, uh, what do you call, yam, tomato. <laughs> Jikin, thank you. You are not the one giving them price for listening to the word. I said, if I catch you, I put you out of ministry. <laughs> this life is not fair. You know, I'm not going to go, you say, ha, 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 it shall be well with you. They'll give you one million dollars offering. <laughs> so I possibly just want to say, all this preacher, they preach money to you, <laughs> The Lord is good. So if you want that said, it's a gift. It's as if it's given. What makes somebody a star? He said, we don't know. It's not his talent. It's not his skill. It's not his diligence to work. He says, it's as if it's given. So Solomon said, the race is not the swift. The battle is not the strong. He says, strength is not to the mighty, nor favor to men of understanding. He said, looking under the sun, sun it's like time and chance happen to them all. I just feel like telling somebody that some people have come, they think they must die without gift. They've, they've done everything. It's not working. Leave it. It's not working. When I say leave it, I don't mean don't use it again. No. I mean stop looking at it as a way to, to blow. This story illustrates it well, but I don't want to give people false hope. Because sometimes if you're not careful, they develop false hope out of a good thing. What's his name? Lift him up, wrong and only. While he was, nothing happened with his gift. Sending demo tips up and down, nothing happened. It was when he left it and said, I'm not doing it again. Let me just exercise the gift as a music pastor of the church where he had a job, a salaried job. They paid him wages as being on staff in the church. That was when God now said, come, I want to use you to bless the world. But that second part of God saying, come, I want to use to bless the world. That's why I say, I don't want to put false hope in front of people. It doesn't always come like that. Sometimes I say, stay there. Train people. You now see people you trained. He will use them to bless the world. I say, you don't get covetous. I'll give you food. I'll give you clothing. I'll give you water. I'll give you your own house. But I won't give you fame. And fame is something you must never desire. It's against the will of God to desire fame. You can't even pray for it. It's not allowed. The Lord is good. Apostle, we have done a lot of talking, right? I hope you are blessed today. What I, we're supposed to be talking about um, doubt. Yes, I just started by trying to emphasize the fact that doubt can rob us of our destiny. 
So we have to fight it. Let me just say this, if God will allow, that's what I want to preach before. Okay? I'll just read it and then we'll, we'll probably start from that point next time. If the Lord will allow. I wanted to just read something from the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. I'll read from verse 3. He says, A voice is calling. Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert the highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. And let the rough ground become a plain, and the rugged terrain a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Call out. Then he answered, What shall I call out? All flesh is grass, and all his loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Now, why was I going to read this? Can I, let me just say something about it for about a minute or two, then we'll leave it there. And that's the fact that if you are not going to doubt, you have to establish your desires, your prayer requests on that which abides forever. And that is what? That is what? Say it again. It's the word of God. Desire is always provoked by something. There are some desires that are innate. Desire for food. Desire for basic clothing and basic shelter. I emphasize basic. The bare necessities of life the desire for them are in it. If you don't have water, you will thirst. If you don't have food, you will be hungry. You may start trembling, all right? If you are without clothing, you will get cold. You will not be able to come out, you understand? So those things are in it. But, you know, beyond those things I have mentioned, every other desire is lent. The kind of clothing is lent. The kind of house, you learn it. It's based on what you have seen. I hope you get my point. It's what you have seen. It's what has been told you. Those are the things that shape the things you ask God for in prayer. There's a way you'll be taught, all right? You will not ask God for some things. And there's a way you will expose yourself. When you go and pray, God will be looking and saying, eh, where did this come from? I hope you get my point. Now, the knowledge of that is why we read this, okay? That is, I want us to bear it in mind. So that you have a duty to train yourself with God's word so that your desires will be that which is founded upon divine revelation. Because all flesh is grass. If flesh teaches you something and you take that desire to God in prayer, just like flesh is grass and it can wither and disappear, so can your desire also wither and disappear. And it will now become what? A matter of double-mindedness. So one of the disciplines we have as believers, you know, which is why we have a school of prayer here. You know, they came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. What does that mean? Teach us what to ask for. Teach us how to ask. Because like Jesus said to us rightly, that many of the prayer points are Gentile-like. That these are the things that the Gentiles seek. That your own prayer should be different. So it tells us, therefore, that we have to learn how to pray. From the word of God. We have to let the word of God stimulate desires in us. There are things that God says you should ask for. 
And if he says you ask for something, ask and keep on asking. That's what he said. For example, he said, pray the Lord of the harvest. To do what? Send laborers into the harvest field. And there are so many things in scriptures that he used the apostles and prophets, they are the foundational apostles and prophets to teach us. We learn those things and they become our prayers. That way you will never doubt. Even if it delays. Because the word of God abides forever. Let's leave it there. That's what I wanted to explain to us, but our time has gone. So, and I believe we are blessed today. Let's give the Lord thanks. Let's just bow down our heads and give the Lord thanks for the word that has come forth today. Again, let's give the Lord thanks for the word that we have received this evening. Let's say, Father, we thank you for bringing your word fresh again from heaven to us, for encouraging our hearts. Thank you. And let us use um, this that uh, prayer, that um, scripture in Isaiah to pray that the word or the word of God that we have received, that it will not be taken from us that will be established in that truth, the truth of the word of God, that will be established in that truth. You know, Pastor said something while he was closing. He said, desires can be learned. So let us pray that the word of God will generate desires for us. Yes, that the word of God will generate our desires. As we pay attention to the word, let the Lord himself generate our desires. Father, we thank you again for bringing your word to us. We give you praise forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. All right, um, we'll leave here in a couple of minutes. Okay, for those who are streaming online our next meeting would be on friday but that will be for mixel r only other social media platforms will uh, be back by saturday so for um, those of you who are streaming please join us on mixel r on friday that meeting is for the purpose of of course teaching but you also have the opportunity to ask questions and contribute to the topic of the day Shall we rise as we just give the Lord thanks again? Of course, every time that um, we have the opportunity to listen to the word here, we always get blessed, and I believe it's a gift that God has given to us. So let's thank God for the word that we have received today. Somehow, the Lord spoke to you. You were corrected. Somehow you were encouraged. Somehow you were rebuked. Grace, of course was impacted into your life. Uh, so just say, Father, thank you for what you did, what you've done for me today by reason of your word. Thank you. Blessed be God forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Let's share the grace and fellowship. One, two, three, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of that. We have passed out of under the curse into the blessing. All things are passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and we walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. 
This is our season of the demonstration of spirits and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. One more time, this is our season of the demonstration of the spirits and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Share, brethren.